Alright guys, and welcome to Just a Guy Talking Football Podcast. I'm PJ Janky. I am Just a Guy Talking Football. We're going to run it back from all the action in the NFL on Sunday and give you our preview and picks and props that we like tonight with the Bills and the Broncos playing on Monday Night Football. We saw a lot of crazy games end yesterday, guys, with last second field goals. And we saw some games that really that weren't that interesting as well. One of the games that wasn't really that interesting that I'll give a quick take on is uh, Indy and New England playing in Germany. That was the one that we all woke up to very early in the morning. We're expect, you know, it's always great to have NFL action on early in the morning, but when it's a boring game, it's just kind of like, oh, okay, well, it's just on in the background, I guess. What can we say about this one, guys? Really nothing. I mean, Indy won 10 to 6. New England is, I mean, a fully lit dumpster fire by now. You got Bill O'Brien yelling at Mac Jones on the sidelines. You know, they're replacing him with Bailey Zappi on the last drive, and Bailey Zappi throws a really bad interception. I don't know what to say about the Patriots, but it's going to be big time reset, reboot time in there. I mean, Indy, you end up winning the game, but. Once again, Gardner Minshew, gave, you know, had another turnover, which is just a weekly thing. I, I, I don't really have anything else to say. New England's a dumpster fire, and Indy just, you know, Indy was just lucky enough to be playing New England to win. Okay, moving right along, we had Tennessee visit the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We saw Tampa Bay beat this one down 20-6. to Tennessee started off good, drove the field, had a field, uh, with a field goal. Picked off Baker Mayfield right away, and then it just kind of went downhill after that. I mean, we saw Will Levis attempt 39 pass attempts for 199 yards and an interception. And Derrick Henry only run the ball 11 times. That's got to change, Tennessee. I'm all for Will Levis being in there. I'm all for this uh, spark of the Will Levis in the offense. But it's got you've got to run the football to get things going. You can't have the kid drop back 39 times. You just can't. I mean... You got to get this going so that Will Levis has a chance with some play action, some other things. And you guys were doing that the first couple games. So maybe they'll go back to it. Maybe it was just the way the Buccaneers were playing. I mean, the defense came to play today for the Buccaneers. Four sacks, 12 QB hits. So they had Levis a little bit confused back there. But really, Tennessee, to help out the rookie guy, you've got Derrick Henry. Let him bruise up that defense a little bit to free up some things with Levis. Alright, one of the most exciting games in the morning was the Cleveland Browns visiting the Baltimore Ravens. Wild game, guys. Wild game. Cleveland did not look good at first in this game either. Did not. I mean, Watson got picked off the first drive, which got ran back for a pick six. And I mean, really, at halftime, it was very much felt like Baltimore's in commanding lead at 17-9. I mean, you know, Cleveland couldn't even get in in the end zone. But then things started changing in the second half. And we saw Cleveland just methodically just start working it down. And we saw Cleveland's offense start to free up a little bit. We saw their passing game start to get going. And that's the thing, man. I, with Baltimore, just was not looking like that same team as they did in the first half, really, in my opinion. And they just didn't run the ball as well as they usually do. They had 107 yards on the ground, but man... It just didn't feel like that Baltimore kind of offense, especially in the second half. And then you saw Lamar Jackson get picked off twice. And then, you know, Cleveland returned the favor and ran one of them back for a pick six. 
Of course, it made me a little nervous for Cleveland when they ran it back for a pick six and they mixed it, missed the extra point. So basically, Baltimore's in the lead, 31-30. But they couldn't hold on to it. Uh, Cleveland ended up uh, with the last drive, 63 yards, took four minutes and 55 seconds off the clock, kicked that last second field goal, and ended up winning 33-31. So that was a wild game for that AFC North matchup. Now, we're going to move on to another great game in the morning that... You know, what can I say other than the Dobbs era has cometh? We saw Josh Dobbs go off in this game for Minnesota, and they won 27-19. Now, New Orleans, I can't really say much. Their car went down early in the third quarter. So then you got the Jameis Winston show, and we know how this Jameis Winston show goes. He had two touchdowns, but he had two interceptions. It's just you're going to get pretty much a touchdown to interception every rate every time with Jameis Winston if he's in there he's going to throw a pick he's going to throw a touchdown throw a touchdown throw a pick it's it's just it's going to go hand in hand every time with him the main thing is that I could say about Minnesota in this one the only the only the only slight Minnesota fans I like Josh Jobs I love what he's doing it's unbelievable it's crazy Minnesota's playing some great football they are not the team that started one and four They've rattled off five straight wins. It's it's pretty crazy. The only thing is, man, you guys really let off the gas in the second half. And I I know the score is probably a little closer than maybe the game was. I mean, technically, New Orleans had a chance at the end. But I really got to say that Minnesota, you got to keep that, put that pressure on. Because if you weren't playing New Orleans in this game, it could have been a different story. But T.J. Hawkinson, it was crazy. 11 receptions on 15 targets, 134 yards, and a touchdown. And they're doing all of this without Justin Jefferson, which could be back very soon. Now, I'm not going to say that Minnesota's going to win the NFC North. They got a shot to. They still got to play Detroit twice. So they're in the mix of... But they are in the mix in the NFC North and in the NFC overall and a lot of that has to do with Kevin, O'Call- Kevin O'Connell's game calling and Brian Flores' game calling on the defensive side. It is, they just are really clicking. My hat's off to them. And especially Josh Dobbs, my hat's off to you. You are definitely playing some football right now, brother. All right. Moving on to another crazy game in the morning, which was Houston versus Cincinnati. Now, if, if you know, all the smart money and my money was on Cincinnati to win slash cover slash everything. Well, Houston didn't listen to any of that noise. And, I mean, this game was especially wild, especially in the fourth quarter. We saw C.J. Stroud continue his awesome rookie season. 356 yards in the air to touchdown interception. He did have two fumbles. We did see Houston's running game start to get going with Devin Singletary with 30 attempts for 150 yards and Nico Brown for went absolutely bonkers with 172 yards receiving. Main thing is, guys, that I saw in Houston that is that they were efficient and made sure they scored when it counted in the red zone. So the three for five in the red zone. And they just didn't make too, too many mistakes. And they capitalized on Cincinnati's mistakes. Now, Joe Burrow, he had 347 yards in the air, two touchdowns, but he did throw two interceptions. Um, Very kind of un-Joe Burrow-like. I thought that they had a chance to basically win this game at the end. Tyler Boyd had that ball 
touch off of his hands, which would have been the go-ahead to touchdown. And then when he was falling to the ground, he had like one or two more chances at it. And he was really holding his head uh, low after uh, Houston uh, marched down the field and kicked a last-second field goal to win. But, man, my hat's off to Houston. They're playing some ball right now, and especially to go into Cincinnati and beat up on them like that. Very impressive. Very impressive win for Houston. All right. Another game that was very impressive to me, which was the San Francisco 49ers visiting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Man, the return to dominance for San Francisco. 470-37 yards in total offense. Brock Purdy, very efficient again. No mistakes. 296 yards in the air. Three touchdowns. Zero turnovers. That's the recipe for San Francisco to win. Well, pretty much anybody to win, but San Francisco needs to win. We saw... The San Francisco defense have five sacks, two interceptions, two fumble recoveries. That's that's the defense that they want to play. And that's that's the defense that's been missing also the last couple games too. So I can't just put it on Purdy. Now Jacksonville, both these teams came off of a bye. I don't know what's going on with Jacksonville. They just looked overmatched at home after a bye. That just didn't make any sense to me. But San Francisco, I didn't want to say it was a must-win game for them. It definitely kind of felt like it was a must-win game. And they kind of played like it was a must-win game because they beat the doors off of them 34-3. All right, moving right along to another game in the morning, which was Green Bay visiting the Pittsburgh Steelers. I I don't know what to say about this game, guys. Both offenses are just not that great. Green Bay, same story. Offense not coming through, especially in the fourth quarter. You had Jordan Love get picked off twice in the last uh, couple drives of the game. You know, but here's the deal, though. They, as bad as Packers offense played, they still outgained Pittsburgh. Yet again, Pittsburgh was outgained on offense. 399 yards to 324 yards. Kenny Pickett only had 126 yards uh, passing. But Pittsburgh's defense just keeps holding them in and keeps in, lets them get a chance. So thank God for that defense. T.J. Watt was, was a good uh, contributor on that defense. The one thing that I will give credit to on Pittsburgh on this one, guys, is their running game started, is starting to kind of get going again. Najee Harris had 82 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Warren had 101 yards on the ground and a touchdown. That's Pittsburgh Steelers football, running the football and defense. Of course, that's what we all know, but I'm just saying, if this defense can't pull it out of their butt every time, their offense might have to score some more points to win, and I just don't know if that's going to happen with Kenny Pickett. But, like I said, if you keep Pittsburgh around, they're going to beat you. So, let's go on to the afternoon games. We saw... The Atlanta Falcons visiting the Arizona Cardinals. And hey guys, like I told you, be watch out for those Cardinals when Kyler Murray gets back. And last second field goal for them, we let them win too. So they ended up winning this one 25-23. Now Atlanta, I don't know how they put up 23 points. They only had 94 yards of passing in the whole game. I mean, I don't even know if they had 200 yards complete on offense overall. It just, I mean, Bijan had 95 yards on the ground, uh, but it just, <laughs> it was not a great showing for Atlanta's offense. Uh, Taylor Heineke did go down, so we saw Desmond Ritter go back in. Uh, they just, Atlanta's defense couldn't hold Kyler back. He, uh, they drove the field. 
55 yards with like 52 seconds left and 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 finish off the game so kind of the way i thought it would be kyler kyler provided some spark for arizona i mean you definitely saw their pass uh game go up with 249 yards from from kyler and you started to see the offense come alive again i'm not going to say that they're making a huge amount of noise but it's pretty much what i suspected arizona is a pesky team and they play some competitive football all right, moving on to another exciting game for the day, which was Detroit Lions visiting the the Los Angeles Chargers. Another last-second field goal to win this one. Now, this game did not go the way I thought it would. I thought this would be a defensive struggle a little bit. I knew the I knew the offense would put up some points, but I thought I thought under all the way. Well, both these teams said heck with it on defense. We don't even want to get any sacks. Um, cause zero sacks from both teams, by the way, guys, they just decided to put up offense, offense, offense. We saw Jared Goff, 333 yards in the air, two touchdowns, Justin Herbert, 323 yards in the air and four touchdowns. Main thing is guys, Detroit got the ball after chargers tied it up and they drove, they took three minutes and 34 seconds off the clock, drove about 53 yards and just kicked a field goal and called the game. That was it. I mean, it was a crazy offensive output for everything. But the main thing is that we saw was Detroit's offense can score and can score at will. Little concerned about the defensive output from Detroit. But they've got the Bears next week, so I'm sure their defense will get right back on track. All right, moving on to another afternoon game, which was Washington Commanders visiting the Seattle Seahawks. Another last-second field goal to win this one, guys. I mean, I, not really much to say. Washington's been playing some pretty competitive ball as much as they can, even after those trades of the defensive line. Sam Howell had another 300-yard uh, passing game. He's quietly been putting up quite a few of those this year. And, you know, so, but Seattle didn't want to be undone on the other side. Geno Smith, 369 yards in the air, two touchdowns. Basically, 50 yards in 52 seconds. For Seattle, which is going to happen sometimes at home, if you give the home team the uh, the chance to kind of come through at the end, they usually do. Very even game till the end. What can you say? Seattle kicked that field goal, won it. All right, the other game of the afternoon, which was the Giants visiting the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys ended up winning this one, forty nine seventeen. This is about the exact way that I thought that this game would go. The only thing that I didn't think would happen would be the Giants putting up 17 points. I knew that the Cowboys were going to blow the over out of the way just by themselves, which, by the way, they did. Um, The over-under was 38 and a half. Well, there you go. Dallas got 49. Like I said, I did not expect the Giants to put up 17 points. Maybe Giants, that's something to hang your hat on. Now, they did get a last-second touchdown that was probably meaningless to anybody but um betters for you know for giants over under but we saw dallas dominant on defense dominant on offense Dak prescott 404 yards in the air four touchdowns cd lamb 151 yards in the air touchdown receiving rushing touchdown as well i mean what else can we say guys dallas this is what they do they're schoolyard bullies like they've been referred to this year they beat up on weaker teams and they beat the tar out of them well giants are a weaker team and they beat the tar out of them and they've got the the another uh great uh opponent next week in carolina panthers so expect another game to where the 
Dallas Cowboys are probably just going to be schoolyard bullies again. All right, let's go to the Sunday night game, which was the New York Jets visiting the Las Vegas Raiders. We saw the Raiders win this one 16-12, and the main reason why was because the Raiders could put the ball in the end zone and Jets could not. Jets, 365 yards of total offense. That's really not that bad, especially for Zach Wilson. 263 yards in the air, guys. Garrett Wilson, 93 yards receiving. They just couldn't put anything in the end zone. They just are inept at putting the ball in the end zone. It's like they're kryptonite, I guess. I mean, they only had 12 points, all four from uh, all four field goals from uh, Greg Zerline. Las Vegas. Hey, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Antonio Pierce got in there. It's got this team believing in a different way. Devontae Adams is involved in the game. Six receptions for 86 yards. And the main thing is Josh Jacobs' running game is really getting going. 27 attempts, 116 yards on the ground. If they continue that, they will continue to see them be competitive in games and probably keep them around till the end. Like, their defense isn't totally bad. They've got some they've got some pass rushers. They've got some pieces. So their defense can hang them in as long as their offense can help them out on the other side. So we'll see what happens. I'm not saying the Raiders are making the playoffs or anything, but it's good to see them pointing in the right direction compared to when they had Josh McDaniels at the helm. All right, guys, here we go tonight. We got Buffalo Bills hosting the Denver Broncos. I like the Bills to win this one, guys. But for some odd reason, don't ask me why, I I keep going back and forth. I could see this being a blowout for the Bills. Uh, now, I'm going to take Denver plus seven. I think Denver, when we get some stupid last touchdown or something, they'll be down by like 10 or something, and they'll get some stupid last touchdown or whatever. They'll be down by 12 and, and only lose by like four to five. So I do like the under in this game of 47, I think. I think we're all expecting a big out offensive output from Buffalo. I think Denver's gotten its defense figured out a little bit better than it has in the past. They've been playing a little bit better these last couple weeks. I think they're going to continue that trend. They've had a week to think about this game. So, like I said, Denver, I think, will keep it a little bit closer than people expect. Buffalo will win, be victorious at the end. So, money line Buffalo, Denver plus 7, under 47. Okay, props I like tonight. All right. I like Russell Wilson over one and a half touchdowns passing. That's plus 160. I just think that he's going to get, he probably have one touchdown early and then he'll have a late touchdown to, to go. I like Josh Allen to pass in this game big time. So I'm taking the over of 275.5 yards passing. That's at plus 105. Okay. I think he's going to have a 300 yard game in this game. Dalton Kincaid, alternate receiving yards, 60-plus. That's at plus 100. He's been very involved in the passing game lately. I am taking that one by itself, and also I'm going to put that in a parlay. As well, Stefan Diggs, 80 yards receiving. You could probably go higher. I just don't know how how the ball is going to be spread out. 80 is a good round number. It's at minus 165. I think that's still pretty good money, and I'm going to put that in my parlay. So if I take the four things that I said, Wilson over one and a half yards touchdown, Josh Allen over 275 yards or 276 yards, Dalton Kincaid 60 plus, 
Stefan Diggs, 80 plus. That's plus 750 for a parlay. Four late parlay. Parlay him, book it. I think it's going to happen. I think Josh Allen's going to be passing a lot in this game, and Diggs and Kincaider are going to be catching a lot, and I do expect Russell Wilson to throw two touchdowns. All right, guys, there you go. There's our show. Monday, run it back. Tomorrow, we're going to do the Tuesday post-week 10 power rankings, and we'll run it back from this game and see how we did. But for right now, guys, that's all from Just a Guy Talking Football Podcast with BJ Jakey, and I'm out.